Some of you have asked how you can help us. While most of us would say, we want wine. <laughs> Italian Wine Podcast is a publicly funded, sponsor-driven enterprise that needs the moolah. You can donate through Patreon or GoFundMe by heading to italianwinepodcast.com. We would appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Welcome to Clubhouse Ambassadors Corner. My name is Joy Livingston. I'm standing in for Stevie Kim. Stevie is off yonder traveling and uh, doing wine-related activities. So today we have um, Tomasella Perniciaro, who is going to be interviewing Caterina and Domenica Malaspina. So Clubhouse Ambassador's Corner is always replayed on the Italian Wine Podcast. It's done so because it's, it's super popular on the podcast. And of course, Clubhouse has sort of uh, petered out, but it has an amazing recording. So it's perfect to use Clubhouse. Now I'm going to introduce Tomasella. Tomasella, are you there? Yes. How are you? Me? Hi, good. I can very well. Good. Where are you right now? Uh, I'm in Gothenburg in Sweden, where I live and work. Okay. I was going to I was gonna ask you about that, because you yeah. have such an Italian name, but you have all yeah, the yeah, Swedish I'm, credentials. So. Yeah, no, no, no. But I'm originally from Italy, uh, but I live in Sweden. Yes. <laughs> Great. Where in Italy are you originally from? From Calabria, actually. <laughs> oh, from Calabria. Okay. And you're yes. actually going to be interviewing... A company exactly. in Calabria. Okay, great. No, yes. no, that's great. So uh, let me just give you a, a quick introduction. And um, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions as well about your okay. choice in producer. And then I will let you, uh, you know, have the floor and I'll, I'll, I'll meet myself after that. So uh, you are the CEO of Good Wine Habit, a WSET approved program provider. And you have a wine consulting company in Gothenburg, Sweden. WSET Diploma Graduate and Certified Educator, VIA Ambassador and VIA Certified Educator, and a Valpolicella Wine Specialist for the Swedish Market. Did I miss anything? That's a no, lot no, of... It's perfect. Yes. That's great. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to ask you, how did you decide, uh, how did you select this producer today, Caterina and Domenica Malaspina from uh, the Vinicola Malaspina? Yes. Um, well, this is actually my second interview uh, after the one we had with Azienda uh, Bacellieri from Calabria uh, last March. So maybe you might wonder why I chose Calabria again for the second interview. Uh, I believe that uh, this region is very uh, underrated uh, compared to the other Italian wine producing regions. 
despite of the clear and big improvements recently made in viticulture and wine production. Uh, it's a fascinating land that conquers people very subtly, uh, creating a special bound that encourages them to go back. And Calabrian wines do the same. Once you try the good wines, you want to try and know more and more. And I think the Azienda Malaspina is one of the top-notch references that are contributing to put Calabria back on the Italian wine map. Uh, they are located right in the southern tip of Calabria, where Reggio Calabria is. Uh, so quite far from the more well-known denominations like Chiro, for example. But this place is very enchanting and the vineyard sites are so diverse that uh, the resulting differences are expressed in the wines produced there. So, yeah, this is basically why I chose them. Okay, great. And, and um, you, you may have already touched on this next question that I'm going to ask you, but what sort of things do you want us to, the audience, to learn from Caterina and Dominica today? What do you want us to take away from it in terms of learning objectives? Well, um, listening to Caterina and Domenica Malaspina will give the opportunity to find out a bit more about the diversity of grapes uh, and wine styles the region has. It's a family story uh, based on love and respect for the Calabrian land and wine tradition with a new look at the future. I think that uh, tradition and innovation are tied together in the way they grow their vines and produce their wines. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, okay. May I just ask, how did you? When did you first taste the wines? Have you have you been there to the Azienda yes. Malaspina? Okay, and so you've tasted their wines, and have you met them in person? Yeah, exactly. I, I tasted their wines some years ago, and I was pleasantly surprised by the character uh, these wines had. Uh, but it was only the last summer when I was in Calabria that I decided to visit the winery. Uh, when I booked my visit, Domenica invited me to be part of the summer event Aperitivo in Vigna, uh, which means aperitif in the vineyard, uh, where visitors have the chance not only to visit the vineyard sites, but also to enjoy a nice and cozy chat with the producer uh, while having some tasty zero kilometers food uh, and wonderful wines in the middle of the vineyard uh, facing the Strait of Messina. Uh, I had a memorable experience, not only for the food, the wines and the location, uh, but especially for the warmth, uh, the kindness and generosity Caterina and Domenica showed us to welcome us. Uh, it was a really sharing and, and reaching experience, uh, uh, perfectly reflecting uh, what wine in the end should be. Great. Actually, I'm, I'm hoping that they talk a little bit more about the uh, zero kilometer foods uh, what kind of things? Because I'm, I'm assuming that means that it's stuff that they grow or have in their very, very close to their to their vineyard, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes, there were some products uh, uh, made uh, uh, by the family, um, some local products made by neighbors as well. So it was really, really interesting to to taste them. All right. Well, without further ado, then I guess I will call up Caterina. Are you there? Yes. Hi, Joy. Hi. Hi. I will. I will mute myself, and at the end, I'll, I'll come back. And uh, if there's any questions, and also to just close up at the end. So go ahead, uh, Tomasella, and um, talk to you guys later. Okay. Great. Thank you so much, Joy.
We'll uh, just uh, tell a few words to introduce Caterina and Domenica uh, first. Uh, then they will uh, obviously tell us uh, more about themselves. Uh, so the Azienda Vinicola Malaspina is a family-owned winery, uh, the Malaspina family, located in Melito di Porto Salvo, in the southernmost tip of Calabria. Uh, vineyards are located on uh, the Ionian coast, the eastern side of the region, in the province of Reggio Calabria, between the villages of Pellaro and Palizzi. The focus on autochthonous wines is a passion shared by all the family members who all cooperate to create wines full of character and personality, strongly linked to the, to the territory. The winery was born in the 1967, and nowadays Consolato, his founder, together with his wife Francesca and their four daughters, take care of the management and development of the company. Uh, so today we have two of the four daughters uh, here with us, Caterina and Domenica Malaspina. Welcome and thanks a lot for being with us today. I'm really happy you have accepted to share your story with us and to introduce us uh, your winery. Thank you, Tomasella. Thank you for uh, inviting us here to share our, our experience. Great. So let's start with the first uh, questions. Um, so uh, first of all, if you can tell us a little bit more about uh, how and when the Azienda Malaspina was created. Okay. Uh, as you said, uh, in 1967, my father, our father, decided to transfer his passion for the world of wine into a family business. Uh, um, my mother joined him, joined him and supported him since the very beginning in this project. And now my three sisters and I are following their step. We have grown up together and um, we follow them uh, among the vines and the, and the winery. And uh, as you can imagine, we have fallen in love with this job as well as them. And the rest is uh, our story. Great, fantastic. You are four sisters, you said. So are all of you working yeah. for the winery? What is the role uh, each of you covers? Uh, yes, uh, each of us have a role according to our own aptitudes and availability. Everyone gives its uh, contribution. I take care of the administrative aspect. Uh, Caterina is responsible for the production. Irene is the joker. She supports for us. And Patrizia takes care of the marketing. Okay, great. Fantastic. Um, okay, so uh, you are located right on the tip of the Italian boost. Uh, you can almost touch Sicily from uh, some of your vineyards. Um, what makes your site so special and suited to the production of high-quality wines like yours, uh, wines that can speak of a territory? Oh, yeah. As you can see, the site are very suitable and blessed place. <laughs> the sun, the soil, the exposure, the sea breeze that blows uh, to the eels are important elements that play uh, crucial roles uh, on our wine's character. Lastly, an important input is represented by the grapes we choose to grow that are indigenous varieties. And uh, we use a traditional training system 
called alberello that means little tree and in english is freestanding uh, training system uh, the growth is very uh, limited by a short dry pruning uh, the plant has a vigorous stem with the egg between 50 60 centimeters that develops in three spores with three gems for each one as you can imagine the production for plant and four hectare is very very small it is about 40 quintals per hectare and the training system allows to the vine to adapt uh, the elevator to the elevate temperature and the hydric stress. Uh, this is the typical. This is typical in South Italy where we are. Yeah, of course. Mm, I also think that whenever you have like uh, <laughs> alberello training systems, you get less, as you said, less uh, fruit. Uh, therefore, a little bit more concentration of everything in the grapes. So uh, we uh, also expect more concentration even in the final wines. Yeah. Uh, so how many actors do you have and what are the grape varieties you decided to work with? Um, yes, um, we have uh, a little less than uh, 10 hectares of uh, vineyards, different plots located in three different uh, communi or uh, districts. Uh, Reggio Calabria, uh, where we have the Pellaro Vineyard, Melito di Portosalvo, and Palizzi. Um, the ancient uh, vineyard of the province of Reggio Calabria show a, um, a particular characteristic. Often uh, there are several varieties, including white and red growing together in the same plot. These uh, probably was due to the need to moderate the high alcohol content of the wines due to the temperatures and to obtain a red with a delicate red color ready to be drunk in a short time. We concentrated our work on identifying the wines that best reflected our philosophy, which, in our opinion, had a greater link with the terroir. Therefore, through microvinification experiments on the individual varieties, we identified the wines that, in our opinion, best expressed the production area. Um, we um, explained the old vineyard and replanted in a best rational way the same indigenous grapes. Nocera, Calabrese Nero, Gaglioppo and Magliocco. This uh, required to eliminate the white grape wines and to replace the plants in a more regular planting pattern. Good, very, very interesting, uh, um, uh, this aspect you're uh, talking about. Uh, there has been a generational change, of course, from the father to uh, his daughters. And furthermore, the consumers' taste and preferences have changed uh, in the recent years. So uh, is this change also reflected in the approach to viticulture and winemaking? And uh, if so, how? Uh, we are very glad to understand that 
consumers are now more sensitive than in the past to the way everyone is born. There is a large representance of them that shows uh, a great interest in small uh, winery production, and especially in quality and terroir wines. Wines um, produced with respect for environment, and these allow us to focus our energy on producing quality and uniqueness um, in our way, in an original style that shows how we purse with constancy our way of research and innovation, a respective tradition, and not necessarily following the trends, uh, but affirming the personality of the product. Okay, so um, when I visited your vineyards on the hills of Pellaro, um, this summer, last summer, I was so nicely surprised by how you respect the environment and the topography of the area. It seems that you haven't adapted the site to your production goals, uh, having your vineyards adapted to the surroundings instead, uh, being in the middle of frico pears and other trees and plants and enjoying different altitudes and exposures to get the best out of what nature can give. Is there any difference in the way you manage different plots according to the site's characteristics? And how is this reflected in the wines you produce? We have very pleasant memories of the evening we spent together, Tomasella. We felt the sensation of sharing emotion and point of view with open minds and very sensitive parts. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, as, as you understand, we love our job and we are very fortunate to work in such a, such a fascinating and interesting field. We, we are very strongly connected with our land and this is after, after the, um, our decision and the course of action. Um, we know that the health of environment is very compromised by humans human action, and uh, I think that we have to recognize and face this uh, now and seriously. We have to change the wrong behaviors in a respectable and sustainable approach. And we are small, <laughs> but we want to do our part uh, to give our contribution to the cows. Uh, this is the reason why, as you said, we haven't adapted the site to the production goals. Uh, this is um, why we practice a respect, uh, respectful agriculture and vine care and responsible winemaking practice. And in Peller Vineyard, we preserved the original vine planting. <laughs> this is the reason why you find figs, peaches, uh, and pure plants spread uh, throughout the vineyard. The different plots are managed in different ways, of course, related to uh, the different variety, uh, exposure, soils, uh, and altitudes, but with the same philosophy. For example, in Pellaro, the Calabrese Nero, Nocera, and Alicante plants are um, on, um, on the different plots are placed in some vine rows um, exposed to south and in, in the new plots to north. The altitude is about 200 meters under the sea level and the soil is medium texture with the 
prevalence of sand, it's a little stony and uh, it is a calcareous soils. Soil. Uh, the wine we produce here is a fruit, full body red with a good structure, softness, and delicate tannins. Palliates' plantation is uh, relatively new, respect other. It is eight years old, almost nine, and is located at 600 meters under the sea level. The Nocera and the Calabrese Nero. Alberello vines placed in rows here are exposed to east and south. And here the soil is medium texture with a prevalence of clay, so different by Pellero. There is a good presence of calcareous here too. And this, this element affects um, the wine here produced. Uh, Palizzi is in, in fact a powerful red with 14% alcohol, <laughs> well-structured, elegant, good tannins, remarkable acidity. And it is uh, aged in oak barrel for approximately uh, 10, uh, 12 months. And uh, it is a very long-lived wine. And uh, in Palizzi, you don't find, <laughs> you don't find fruit plant in the middle of the plot. But in, um, like in um, the other vine, uh, vineyard, during the spring season, butterflies, bees, and other nice insects share the beautiful landscape with our vines. The blooming is gorgeous, and here we try to preserve microenvironment as well as possible with positive reflection on the env environmental equilibrium. And uh, uh, we trust this precious little world to give something extra and make the difference in our wines. Well, that's fantastic to hear. I, <laughs> I, I guess that you don't uh, use any chemicals in the vineyards. Uh, uh, therefore, it's a quite uh, uh, organic or even natural approach to yes, we are we are very fortunate because um, uh, we don't need. I think that uh, that are very very blessed place because are um, there are not so are windy yeah. windy area. So the breeze is a, a good a good thing in for for the the plants because yeah. they. They are. Um, there is not so unique. much risk of pests or diseases. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no, that's that's great. Um, so, if we come to uh, your wines, uh, can you briefly tell us how many wines you produce and what choices you make in the winery to contribute to their style? Uh, I don't know if you are experimenting with any specific techniques, uh, also in relation to aging, for example. Uh, in our area, we produce IGT wines, uh, in Italian Indicazione Geografica Tipica, and uh, um, we produce four reds. Palicus is, the, is a red made um, from Gagliopo and Calabrese Nero. It is a simple, fresh and fruity bread aided for less than six months in Tonneau. And then Palizzi and Pellero, that you have already, uh, that I have already described. 
Patrus Pietro is the other red we produce, a very, very interesting small production of Magliocco grapes. Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. Uh, we produce also one white called Mika, as our grandma, from Greco Bianco, and one rosé, uh, Rosa Spina, uh, from 100% Gagliopo grapes. For uh, each of them, uh, we follow um, different protocols, of course, and protocols experienced in more than 20 years of vinification. Um, the most significant choices uh, that influence the style of the wine are probably the moderate use of sulfite, the different time of maturation, maturation and the mixing aging in steel tanks and oak barrels, the moderate use of oak barrels, and the choice to introduce new barrels in a very, very small percent per year, about the 5%. Because we want to preserve the primaries, the primary aromas. We practice the batonnage technique on white and rosé, especially on white and rosé, with very satisfying results. And we choose to use only natural cork to close our bottle. About the batonnage um, is a French term to the finds, uh, that defines a process that allows to displays the expired his cells at the bottle uh, at the bottom of a tank uh, to uh, the wine uh, throughout the wine to um, gentle agitation uh, we use a long metal tool called the bastone that means stick and is it, is it, it is inserted um, to the um, the top opening of the of a wine tank and uh, is uh, then used uh, to softly stir the wine. The sediment that builds up um, at the bottom of the wine is known as lees, um, which is uh, uh, another word for deed or residual uh, cells. By uh, dispersing the lees uh, throughout the, uh, the wine in the tank, it allows uh, for an even texture and flower to be imparted to the wine. Um, as, as that essentially is, um, uh, is the batonage uh, process. Um, and uh, this process uh, um, uh, is an important uh, um, instrument to, uh, that makes uh, um, to obtain a, a good balance of the wine and uh, uh, preserve it by oxidation because the lees has a very good affinity with the oxygen's absorption. Uh, this process is typical, typically done uh, um, once a week and uh, the winemaker know exactly the right amount of steel ring that uh, is needed to achieve the perfect balance in the wine. Uh, it, um, it is gratifying to understand that step, steps and uh, extra steps like this are not going unnecessarily. It is a valuable, app, a valuable uh, help to reduce the sulfite contains. 
Yeah, I remember I tried the Mika, the white wine, and uh, yeah. uh, what I uh, I noticed, for example, was the uh, this rich texture uh, due to the batonnage, uh, of course, but also uh, a very lively acidity. So uh, it was not like drinking a wine that was really heavy <laughs> in the end. Uh, it was a really, really uh, a product with a perfect balance uh, between this creaminess, softness, uh, and the freshness from the acidity. Uh, so I guess you you also decide year after year, vintage after vintage, um, if to go for batonnage or uh, not, and uh, how many, uh, how how often you need to steer as well. Uh, so it's something like a process defined every year. Yeah, yeah. Every year is is different. It depends by the the many different uh, aspects. Yeah, the vintage characteristics as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. Great, fantastic. Um, so uh, we we talked about the wines. So uh, which one? Uh, if any specific, best represents the Azienda Malaspina, in your opinion? <laughs> uh, it is not easy for me <laughs> to to give you this answer. Um, as you can imagine, everyone is special for us in a different way. Each of them has a different history that I'm so fortunate to follow from the blooming of the, the vine to the bottling. And in some cases, I've cured uh, for them for years, as well as the reds. I think that Patros is a very high-quality, small production of Magliocco. And that's the reason why we called it Pietro, like our beloved uh, grandfather. Pellor and Palizzi come out from two wonderful areas. And... Probably they are the project that we love the most. <laughs> so each uh, each wine is expressive in the end of a specific terroir, and uh, they are all uh, uh, special songs. Who we say special yeah. things? Yeah, you, you, it's not possible to choose from uh, just yeah. one. Uh, well, that that is good for our uh, listeners because they might be uh, more interested now to try your wines, of course, um, which I definitely suggest doing. Um, so, by the way, if some of our listeners wanted to uh, source your wines abroad, uh, where are they available to purchase at the moment? Uh, it would be a pleasure. Um, currently, our wines are um, available in Europe, uh, France, Belgium, Holland and Germany and uh, in uh, United States. Uh, we are able uh, to ship small quantities to private uh, cost, customers uh, to all European countries where our wine uh, are not distributed yet. Okay, and in the United States, uh, do you know, do you remember where exactly, uh, what uh, states? Uh, in California, in California and okay. in Pennsylvania. Okay. So, and any uh, any project to go to the Far East, um, so like China or uh, similar uh, countries? Yes, yes, um, of course. <laughs> the COVID stopped uh, a lot of, uh, 
of a lot of process and project but now we are um, we are starting again to keep in touch with them so we hope to <laughs> to to be there very soon <laughs> good very good um so if some of our listeners wanted uh, sorry the, do you have any new projects coming up in the near future oh uh, yes <laughs> We are going to build a small tasting wooden home <laughs> on Pellero Vineyard and we are going to renovate a little ruin in Palizzi. Uh, we hope to, to do this very, very soon because uh, we want, uh, we could stand in the, to the winter time the hospitality to our vineyards. And um, we are planning to replant a small, a very small lot of Pellero Vineyard um, because that needs to be renovated. And uh, we are, this is, this is our <laughs> project Next for project. the near, for, yeah, yeah, for the near future. <laughs> so when you refer to uh, hospitality, um, what do you mean? Uh, specifically like uh, bed and breakfast or uh, no no just just um you know because you you've been there um just uh, um to create a space uh, in the vineyard uh, where it's possible to host people uh, when uh, the weather is not good or when uh, uh, it's frozen outside, uh, so it's possible to to stay there and to enjoy uh, the place uh, in the winter season too. In the winter season uh, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I remember when I was there with the uh, during the aperitivo in uh, in the vineyard, uh, it was summertime, so it was quite uh, easy. Uh, to be yeah. outside uh, yeah. so yeah during winter time it might be better to be inside of course um, Joy asked about the uh, zero kilometers food uh, would you like to explain a little bit more about that oh yes yes uh, we we try to offer with our wines, uh, not just wines or not just food, but um, a tasting experience of the product of our, our land, because uh, um, we want people uh, can uh, can try, uh, can uh, um, discover uh, our typicity our <laughs> typical food so we usually when we host people in on the vineyard we offer when we want to organize something easy we offer um, salumi and uh, traditional cheeses uh, uh, homemade bread uh, honey uh, figs, <laughs> marmalade produced the, with the fig uh, that we pick up uh, on the vineyard, and uh, olive, uh, uh, olives, and um, all the easy food that uh, 
you can uh, you can um, try in our in our area yeah so now people have uh, one more reason to go and visit you by the way <laughs> the, the food was really really tasty it was really nice really good <laughs> okay so um well the last questions um on your website there is a very nice definition of calabria uh, a wild proud and fascinating land if you had to describe this land to potential visitors and customers, so what would you say to convince them to come and visit the place where you produce wine? I think that Calabria is a place you don't expect. <laughs> it is the land of great, many contradictions, but it is beautiful and its landscapes are so various and fascinating. So all around the peninsula and changed from flat Caribbean beaches, beautiful, to high cliff, very fascinating on the sea. The mountains are beautiful and in less than 30 minutes from some place on the coast, you can reach the top of the mountain. And Calabria was part of the Magna Grecia, uh, so it would be interesting to, to visit the, uh, the remain site and the museum where it's possible to enjoy incredible treasure um, of classical art from the past, like Bronze di Riace. And Bronze di Riace uh, are two marvelous bronze statues. Uh, naked warriors, uh, warriors uh, in uh, all their splendor. <laughs> and uh, Calabria is a land that offers gorgeous nature, delicious food, and very, very friendly and welcoming people. And last but not least, the wonderful whites. <laughs> of course, uh, last but not least. <laughs> I, 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 you mentioned the, the possibility of skiing uh, oh, like yes. 30 minutes far from uh, where you are and in fact uh, it's a very uh, I think it's it's a real uh, treasure to be able to ski uh, while looking at the sea in front of you yeah. uh, it doesn't yeah. happen so often the sea the Sicily is um, there something you can out. touch it <laughs> yeah you can touch it it's um, uh, an experience that um, maybe I'm not very able to describe the feeling there. Um, it's something that you have to try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that whenever you go there, uh, the, the bond I, I mentioned in my introduction uh, yeah. starts to come out. Uh, so you... you even if the, the land, uh, as you said, uh, has many contradictions, uh, it also has many points of beauty uh, and uh, people especially are very, very special. So uh, I encourage, always encourage people. I'm living in Sweden and I'm promoting the region as much as I can. Uh, so I always tell people to go and uh, enjoy uh, the, the experience, of course. Uh, so, uh, well, I think we have uh, done with all the questions. So thank you so much for answering all these questions. It was oh. a real pleasure for me to uh, interview uh, to interview you. Uh, so I, I will give the room back to Joy now. 
I don't know if there are thank you. Thank you, other questions. Thank you. thank you, Joy, for... Uh, hi, hi. No, that hi. was wonderful. And and thank you. I was so interested in the food was because it's dinner time and I'm really hungry. <laughs> so I have another question about the food. <laughs> you mentioned cheeses. So, what kind of cheeses yeah. do you guys uh, oh, sheep cheeses uh, uh, and uh, uh, ricotta cheeses, cheese, and uh, sometimes we can offer uh, all, tra- all, all traditional, all, all cheeses from uh, this area around us, uh, from the province of Reggio Calabria. If I'm not okay, wrong, no, I'm a very good That's sort of what I was thinking. Well. No, that's wonderful. I, I was um I was just you know, I was thinking to myself, I wasn't sure if if it was the sheep's cheese or or from cows or so so I was just wondering that. And um no, I think that's great. That's wonderful. And and, and I love that. So I think also Laika has a question as well. Laika, you um, wanna go ahead? Yeah, hello. Hi, Domenica Caterina. Actually, I am very curious about this question. Hi, um, since, hello. So since you have a, I, I, I know that you, ha, you are in a family business, uh, of course. And um, that's kind of, I, I could imagine how maybe it could be difficult to manage um, the business together with, of course, like um, family relationships. If you have any advice for any family businesses out there that are also in, in the wine business, uh, what would you advise to them? <laughs> I think uh, that um, concentrate, uh, um, my advice can be related to the concentration of the efforts on uh, um, production of uh, typicity. Um, so, uh, because um, we, uh, we in the past year produced international uh, wines too, for example, but we decided to, uh, to produce, to concentrate our effort on the production of uh, typical wines that uh, for us is something very special because uh, through the wine we can can talk about our land, we can talk talk about our life because our uh, wines are part of our life. Uh, Everything is so... (laughs) Sometimes we we used to 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 do to to say that there's no limit between the house and the winery. Uh, we feel very deeply the love for what we do. <laughs> That's a beautiful answer. So you were saying that um, by not um, by producing the wines that are typical in your region it makes you feel proud and it's something like um it's part of you something like that right yes yes okay beautiful thank you so much uh, you're welcome all right well if uh, i'm not sure we have any questions uh Laika, has anyone raised their hand or left a question because if anybody does have any questions at any point even when this gets released on italian wine podcast uh you can always 
email me or Laika at info at italianwinepodcast.com and we will forward the question to whomever it is for. Tomazella, <laughs> uh, Domenica, anybody. So, uh, or Caterina. Um, Laika? Mm-hmm. I'm here. Uh, hi. I was just wondering, uh, before I before I close the room, can you... Um, can you tell me who is coming up next on Clubhouse? Okay, so we have one for this Thursday. Um, so Matt Baiche is back. So he's going to interview Manfred Ng. Um, he is the winemaker of um, Quarchabella. And then next week, um, actually, since Valentina is here, um, on Tuesday, um, she will be interviewing Simone Fotti. So that's it for now. Um, that's it. Cool. Um, thank you to all three of you. That was a really cool interview. Thank you very much, thank Caterina, you. Dominica, Tomazella. That was wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you for you. the opportunity. Thank you. Uh, take care. Have a wonderful uh, evening. Good night. Thank bye. you. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, chi-chi.